Welcome to Evil Done Badly, the worst true crime podcast on the planet. We're featuring a pretty famous cunt on this episode, and he's known as the Supreme Gentleman to his followers. He's revered by the group of limp dicks known as incels, and his influence is, to this day, still felt amongst horny little boys who can't get laid. On this episode, we're covering Elliot Roger, a tiny, angry little man who shows an explosive, fatal way to express his pent-up sexual energy. But first, we have a message from our most devout follower in his own actual words. Take a listen. Dick, I'll make you a deal. The first Friday slash Saturday that I can't find your horrendous podcast, I'll send you 20 bucks. It'll be community service. Everybody will applaud the vacancy of your crap podcast. Sincerely, Marty Bass, 1976. That's very generous of you, Marty. And uh, I'll make you a deal. I'll take the next week off and not upload an episode. And then you can send me 20 bucks. Then the next week, I'll post up two terrible episodes. Sound good? And might I say thank you for hating this show. Enough to pay us to stop doing it. If anyone else would like to pay us to shut the fuck up, you can send along your monies via PayPal to EvilDoneBadly at gmail.com. And... If you haven't already, join up to the Wide World of Paranormal Investigations group on Facebook. It's got all sorts of neat stuff going on over there, and plenty of friendly folks ready to welcome you to the party. Now, back to the show! Elliot Roger was born on July 24th, 1991, in London, England. His family moved to Los Angeles at age five because his father worked in the film industry. His parents divorced when he was seven, and he began seeing a therapist when he was eight. He was never formally diagnosed with a mental disorder, but the common consensus places him somewhere on the uh, autism spectrum. Due to his awkward nature, he was bullied to such an extent that he, quote, cried by himself at school every day. He had to switch schools multiple times in order to try and lead a normal life. So he did what many people do when they have trouble making and keeping friends. He retreated into the internet. In his case, he became obsessed with World of Warcraft, and he also started a YouTube blog where he would post videos talking about his loneliness and rejection. He was prescribed an antipsychotic medication, but after Googling it, he decided it wasn't the right fit for him, and he stopped taking it. As someone who's sort of on the spectrum myself, I can relate to most of these problems, I'm on two medications for it now, and I have to say, I would totally recommend it. If he didn't like the medication he was given, he could have tried something else. He would have eventually found something that helped him cope with his social ineptitude. 
I wish I had been medicated for it way earlier. Would have helped me feel like a bit more of a human being while I was growing up. Instead of the uh, alien freak that I felt like. I didn't have anywhere near the problems that he had. But I still feel way better now that I'm being treated for it. I was also way cuter than he was. So that helped my case a lot. I mean, he's not a bad looking fella or anything. But I was fucking adorable. And I had one hell of a mullet. So Elliot had trouble making friends and was totally hopeless at talking to women. His main goal in life was to lose his virginity. He would constantly complain that he was 22 and hadn't had sex yet. He would also complain about everyone who was sexually active. He couldn't wrap his head around why no women wanted to sleep with him. He was involuntarily celibate, or an incel for short. Um, are there no hookers in Los Angeles? I think there might be. Am I mistaken in thinking that maybe? If it bothered him that much, he could just go out and pay for it? I mean, he had plenty of money, and he drove a BMW, so that couldn't have been the problem. In my unprofessional opinion, my guess is that there are indeed prostitutes in Los Angeles. My other unprofessional opinion is that he was too arrogant and self-centered to resort to paying someone to fuck him. In his mind, all the ladies should want to get in his pants. I'm basing that on my own arrogance and self-centeredness. I'm not quite as arrogant and self-centered now that I'm old and wrinkly, but I still consider myself fucking irresistible. I'm also a little delusional, but I stand by that. So this guy has plenty of money, a BMW, and is not completely fuck ugly. And he still can't get a girlfriend, or a regular friend for that matter. Lots of ugly broke people are out there getting laid, so that just leaves his personality. His personality must just be that fucking off-putting that no one wants to get near him. He desperately needs help. And unfortunately, he never gets it. In 2011, Elliot begins to take his frustrations out in public. He claims to have thrown coffee at a couple that looked like they were enjoying themselves and to have thrown another coffee at two girls who wouldn't smile back at him. Now, I've never thrown a coffee at anybody, but I do know that it feels better to be smiled at than to be snubbed. Uh, I like being smiled at. I mean, I have a problem with eye contact, so I can't tell if people are smiling at me or not half the time. But uh, when it does happen, I enjoy it. He also claims to have filled a super soaker with orange juice and sprayed a bunch of people playing kickball. That's a lot of trouble just to make a few people sticky, but he was one motivated little cunt. In February of 2012, Elliot dropped out of college because he couldn't take being around, quote, all those beautiful girls I could never have, end quote. 
So what do you do when all those beautiful girls want nothing to do with you? Well, you start playing the lottery. Elliot started playing the lottery on the off chance it would make him wealthy and suddenly way more desirable. He decided that he would like to be like a Mark Zuckerberg type, but he figured the chances of becoming wealthy by being, you know, smart and motivated were just as pitiful as they were playing the lottery. So the lottery it is. He reads the book, uh, The Secret, and he starts to use the power of the law of attraction to help him win the lottery. He spent a month or so meditating and visualizing himself winning the Powerball jackpot. When, surprise, that didn't work, he knew he had crossed a threshold that would ensure he had to act out his vengeance. It was after this heartbreaking loss that he began to arm himself. Now, that power of positive thinking horseshit is fun for a little while. But once your mouth starts hurting from skipping around and grinning like an idiot, it's easier just to go back to uh, being despondent. That works for me. So Elliot starts going to shooting ranges to practice his marksmanship. And he went ahead and bought himself three handguns in late 2012 and early 2013. He was able to purchase these guns legally because he had no prior criminal record and his mental condition was not officially documented. He claimed he had six grand squirreled away for supplies for his attack. See, he had money. Jesus, if he had just spent the six grand getting his ashes hauled, he'd be a whole lot more relaxed. Maybe if the U.S. government started giving out monthly hooker subsidies to people in need, they could cut down on those depressing mass shooting statistics. Could be worth looking into. In July of 2013, he would have a very serious incident that he would cite as a trigger for the killing spree he would go on about a year later. He was attending a party, and things didn't turn out very well for him there. It's surprising he was actually even at a party. I consider that, you know, a, a good sign for somebody as awkward as he is. But uh, I have no idea how he ended up there. But that's not important. What's important is that he somehow made an ass of himself and got made fun of. In response, he tried to push some girls off of a 10-foot ledge. This did not go over well, and some dudes came to the rescue and pushed Elliot off the ledge. Now, he does go over well and seriously injures his ankle. So he limps away and he leaves. He realizes that he left his Gucci sunglasses back at the party and goes back to retrieve them. The crowd is even less receptive upon his return and continues to mock him and beats the snot out of him again. Roger then sulks back to his house and a neighbor claims he was crying 
and muttering to himself about killing the guys at the party and himself. His parents became increasingly concerned in January of 2014 because of his erratic behavior and unsettling YouTube content. The authorities went to check up on him, but found him stable enough that it didn't warrant slapping a straitjacket on him and locking him up. Roger was coherent enough to convince him that it was just a misunderstanding between him and his parents. This interaction with the police would come under intense scrutiny after the forthcoming massacre. Sorry for the spoiler, but there's a massacre coming. The responding officers never looked into Roger's gun ownership, and they never watched any of Roger's disturbing videos. These videos were the reason his parents called him in the first place, and they should have looked into it a little more carefully. They didn't experience the full extent of Elliot's frightening personality. On May 22nd, 2014, Elliot would post his last video on YouTube called Elliot Rogers Retribution, in which he outlined his plan for his massacre that would be coming the next day. He tells of how he has to rot in loneliness, rejection, and having to watch other men get all the sex and love from pretty girls. He goes on to say that he's never even been kissed and that he spent over two years in college and never even came close to getting laid. He figured he should have scored in college because of all the drunk horny girls around. He talked about how unfair it was that girls weren't attracted to him and that he would punish them. He ends off the video by saying, quote, I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy and yet you throw yourselves at these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman, end quote. This guy sounds dangerous, and he would go ahead and make good on his threat. Now, he really should have been on some serious pills long before now. During the whole time that he's been steeping himself in anger, he's been spending a lot of time alone in his room writing. His parents were aware of this, and they were intensely curious as to what he was writing about. His father would beg him to let him read it, but Elliot would tell him that he would get to read it soon enough. On May 23rd, he would forward his 107,000 word manifesto entitled My Twisted World the story of Elliot Roger to his family, some childhood friends, his therapist, and a few other select people. This is a long document, and it covers a lot of disturbing ground. Elliot goes full racist and says how terrible it is that non-white men keep hooking up with white girls. He said, quote, it made him want to quit life when full Asians or blacks got involved with white girls. Oddly enough, Roger himself is half Asian and says that any minority man who wants to get with a white girl should just go ahead and jump off a bridge. Okay. He goes on to say that, quote, I am beautiful, 
and descended from British aristocracy. You are ugly and descended from slaves. End quote. When he's referring to black men. After thinking about it, I'm not sure there's medication or hookers strong enough to fix this guy. He would go on to describe his ideal world where all the women will be placed into concentration camps. He would reside in a tall tower and gleefully watch them starve to death. He figured these women had been, quote, starving him of sex, end quote, for years. So that would be an appropriate punishment for all the women who denied him sex. As part of his war on women, he, quote, will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender. The hottest sorority of the University of California, Santa Barbara. End quote. He also mentions that he would like for his half-brother and stepmother to die. But he wasn't able to do the mental gymnastics required to want to kill his father. And on the evening of March 23rd, Roger would pass the point of no return and set off a chain of misogynistic terror events that would collectively be known as the 2014 Isla Vista killings. Roger started his rampage by stabbing his roommates to death one by one as they returned to the apartment. He also lured a third man to the apartment and stabbed him to death as well before heading out to the college. I was surprised to find out that he had roommates. I think they found Roger as unhinged as everyone else did though. A friend of theirs said afterwards that the two roommates were planning on moving to a different apartment for the next semester. This was on account of how uneasy Elliot made them feel. Wai Han Wang was the third unfortunate soul to have his life taken by this hard-up little bastard that night. Roger then drove five blocks to the Alpha Phi sorority house and started knocking impatiently at the door. Smartly, everyone inside ignored his pounding and never let him in. Roger backed away from the door and came across a group of three girls. He started firing and Veronica Weiss and Catherine Cooper were killed while onlookers from the sorority house gaped at the bizarre scene unfolding in front of them. A third girl was shot multiple times but survived the attack. 911 was called at 9.27 p.m. that night. Roger then sped off to a deli a couple of blocks away and exited the car. He would fatally shoot Christopher Martinez, hop back in the car, and drive to the beach, firing at two pedestrians along the way. He took a couple of shots at a sheriff that was on foot, and the sheriff fired back as Roger drove away. He then started using his BMW as a weapon, and he swerved to hit a bikeless on the side of the road. He kept driving around, shooting bystanders from the moving car, and at 9.33, he got into a firefight with four police officers, and he took a shot to the hip. 
he sped up and then nailed another bicyclist. But this time the bicyclist flew onto his windshield and shattered it. With the uh, limited visibility, he crashed into some parked cars and came to a stop. By the time police could apprehend him, Roger had already been killed by shooting himself in the head. At the end of the rampage, seven were dead, including Roger, and 14 more were wounded, either by gunfire or by vehicle. This was an avoidable tragedy, all because this little cunt couldn't figure out how to talk to women like a human being. What's even worse is that this cunt is held up as some sort of hero in online incel subcultures. He's frequently regarded as a saint, and the term going ER refers to violence committed by the incel community. He has inspired multiple fuckheads to pick up the incel torch and carry out their own mass killings. One notable incident occurred in Toronto, Ontario, Canada in the spring of 2018. This one involved a 25-year-old incel named Alex Manassian. Manassian rented a van and decided to start running down pedestrians on Young Street. He killed 11 and injured 15 more before getting out and attempting to commit suicide by cop. He was apprehended alive and sentenced to life in prison. He posted the following on his Facebook prior to the massacre, quote, The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger, end quote. Stacy is an incel term for a woman perceived as unattainable and will only date chads. Chads are the handsome, obnoxious womanizer types who get all the Stacys. The incel vocabulary also includes Beckys, who are the average woman. God forbid these desperate is lower themselves to the level of dating an average woman. Women can also be referred to in other insulting terms such as femboids or female humanoid organisms. So as you can see, this is a messed up group of angry little fuckers with messed up priorities. And worse, they have proven to be capable of violent outbursts that leave multiple innocent people injured or dead. Of course, this case reopened the discussions about gun control and mental illness. If Elliot had gotten the treatment he needed, we may not be having this podcast episode today, and this weird incel community wouldn't have such a martyr to look up to. This is a terrible story, and not just because I'm the one telling it. It is fucking brutal. There's always going to be lonely people. There are always going to be people who think life isn't fair. Most will find some way of constructively dealing with their feelings. Some will have the means and the motive to follow in Roger's footsteps. And more blood will be shed. It's inevitable. The question remains, who will be next? 
who will be the next mass killer? Who will be the victims? And what can be done about it? It's not an if, it's a when. And it's a sad reality. This has been Evil Done Badly. If you would like to reach out to us to suggest future episodes, we can be reached by email at eviledonebadly at gmail.com or on Instagram at eviledonebadly. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.